I wearily trudged through the door, another ten-hour workday behind me. Slumping down under the couch, I didn't even bother to ask my wife whether our one-year-old son was still awake. I already knew the answer. Of course he wasn't. It was 8.30 at night. The familiar twinge of regret and sadness started to well up inside of me before I pushed it back down into that gray landscape of daily obligations and responsibilities. Another day, another dollar, right? That motto rang very empty and hollow to me on that day, and the next one, and the next one. Henry David Thoreau says the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And honestly, that's where my life was at that point. I was quietly desperate. I knew there had to be another way of living than what I was currently experiencing. Fast forward a year, with tens of thousands of miles traveled around the world. I stepped off the plane in Shanghai, China, after a month vacation spent snorkeling with clownfish in the coral reefs of Papua New Guinea, gazing in awe at the majestic architecture of the Sydney Opera House, and feeling my adrenaline spike as I plummeted toward the water dangling from a bungee cord hung from Auckland, New Zealand's Harbour Bridge. So what changed? Well, besides everything, it all started with asking one question. Welcome to Thrive Culture Success Engineering with your host, Michael Bauman. Tony Robbins, one of the world's top peak performance coaches today, says, The quality of your life is a direct reflection of the quality of the questions you are asking yourself. So what was the question that changed the entire course of my life? The question was this. What is success? But more importantly, what is success to me? In the movie Inception, Cobb, the protagonist, is tasked with implanting an idea through dreams so deeply within the subconscious of an individual that it grows to define and shape their entire perspective and outlook on the world. Just like in Inception, this small idea, this one question, has grown to shape everything I think about and pursue. And while I definitely don't claim to have all the answers, I am dedicated to exploring this question and the practical steps and habits we can implement on a daily basis to experience more success in our lives. In his book, Start With Why, Simon Sinek shares about having the privilege of attending the Gathering of the Titans. Every year at MIT, the titans of entrepreneurship and business gather to learn from each other, to grow, to develop, improve. The list of accolades from a single person in the room is more than most of us would hope to achieve in our lifetimes. Many were multimillionaires, CEOs, innovators, some of the most influential people in business. This is a group where when asked how many of them had achieved their financial goals, 80% of the hands went up. But one follow-up question caused 80% of those raised hands to go back down in acknowledgement of their deficiency and lack in this one area. So what could an entire room of some of the most powerful, seemingly successful people in business possibly lack? The question that they were asked was this, how many of you feel like a success? Simon Sinek goes on to talk about how there's an irony to success. Many people who achieve great success don't always feel it. And that's because there's actually a distinction between success and achievement. They're not the same thing, but we mistake one for the other. Achievement, on one hand, is something you can reach, you can attain. It's very tangible, you can measure it, it's clearly defined. Success, on the other hand, is a feeling or a state of being. So we need to refine and redefine our question from what is success to how can we feel like a success? 
How can we engineer the feeling of success in every area of our life? First, we need to begin by clarifying what are the different areas of our life, and then we view each of these areas through the lens of success, utilizing very specific questions. There are six main areas of our life that we can channel this definition of success through. First, we have physical, so this is our health, our body. Then we have financial, relational. This involves our ability also to communicate with other people. We have our emotional, emotions for ourselves, but also emotions for others as well. Mental, this is everything that we're learning about, the thoughts that is going through our head. And then we have spiritual. This can be defined as our purpose or fulfillment. Now, a great way to picture this is actually to picture an atom. Atoms are called the fundamental building blocks of matter. Everything that we can see is comprised of atoms connected together. So if we use this analogy with the atom, the center of the atom or the nucleus of the atom would be what we classify as success or life, what we're shooting for. It's the very center of what we want our life to be. And then outside of the center, outside of this nucleus, you have these clouds of electrons that actually orbit around the atom. You can classify these as the six different areas of life. Again, we have the physical, the financial, relationships, mental, the emotional, and our spiritual, our purpose and fulfillment. These actually orbit around that central nucleus. And how many electrons an element has classifies where it actually falls on the periodic table. Interestingly enough, carbon is actually the sixth element on the periodic table. And carbon is the element that's actually found in every molecule that makes up all living things. So it's an excellent analogy for success and for life because we have these six areas of our life that are actually orbiting around it just like carbon does with its electrons. Now, what actually holds those six electrons that are orbiting around there to the nucleus is one of the four fundamental forces in nature, and it's actually the strongest out of the four. So it's called the strong nuclear force, and it holds those electrons to the nucleus. Now, in our analogy, the things that actually hold those six areas of our life to the central area of success and our definition of that are the values that we actually hold about success. And there are four main values that give us an excellent channel to develop questions around these different areas of our life. The first one is the value of freedom. So this is essentially what makes us feel free and unrestrained and come alive. The second one is peace. And this is all about where we feel satisfaction, where we feel contentment. And then the third and the fourth one kind of tie together. So these are the values of joy. What makes us come alive? What do we have passion about? What are we happy about? And then the value of love. So the things that we love or the people that we love. Now, those are really, really closely tied together, but I would define as those four fundamental values. You have freedom, peace, and then the values of joy and love. So these are those strong forces that tie those six areas of a life into the nucleus of success. How do we take these things and use these values to help us define success? Well, Tony Robbins says that if we want to change the quality of our lives, we should change our habitual questions, the questions we ask on a daily basis. So let's start with the first area of our life, the physical area. And this has to do with, again, our health and our body. 
If we were to look at it on a macro level, the question we might ask would be, what would success look like in regards to my health or my body? Now, this has two different aspects to it. There's an aspect of function, and then there's an aspect of appearance. And both of those play into our definition of success. Function would be defined as the ability to be able to move our body in our daily life the way that we want. And this can be everything from a grandparent who wants to be able to get up and down off the ground to be able to play with their grandkids. That's an aspect of function. But another aspect of function has to do with acute or chronic pain. So if we wake up every day with back pain, that has an effect on our daily life. Or another aspect of function is, you know, as a parent, being able to play the sports with your kids, whether that's help them practice or, you know, help them in the games. That's an aspect of function. The other aspect of the physical area of our life is appearance. A lot of times we can classify this as superficial or think of this as superficial. It does play a role in terms of our success, how we look at our body or how we feel, more importantly, I should say, about our body and its appearance plays a role in our success. And so we need to actually address that and put that into our definition. So using that on the macro level, we can take the values, those four values of our life, and actually make that definition more specific and channel it down to physical area. So we can start with asking the question, what would freedom feel like in regards to my health and my body? And I put the word feel like because that's what we're really looking at. On the outside, it might look like a success, but we're looking at what does it feel like a success to us. And again, for some people, this might be they just retired after working their whole life. Freedom for them is being able to take the trip to Europe they've always wanted to take, be able to go up and down the steps of the castles, the towns that they go through. That might be freedom. So freedom is like the ability to be able to do the things in our life that we want to be able to do. Freedom for somebody else might be the feeling that you get after participating in a triathlon or an ultra marathon or standing on the top of Mount Everest. You know, on one end of that spectrum, you have the peak of human performance and endurance. That might be freedom for somebody. For somebody else, it might be walking up and down the stairs in their house. This is where success looks different for different people, but unless we intentionally define it for ourselves, we will automatically default to what the culture or what the people around us define it as. That's why it's so important to ask these questions for ourselves. The second aspect or the value we can channel it through is peace. So what would it feel like to be at peace with my body or my health? This is a really powerful question. So often we can look at our body and we can judge it, we can shame it, or we have all this judgment and shame that's placed on it from our culture and what that dictates how success should look like with our body. But a more important question we need to ask ourselves is how can I feel at peace with my body or my health? How can I accept it for what it is? It doesn't mean we don't change it, but a lot of change actually begins with an awareness and acceptance. Then we filter this through the value of joy and love. So the question we can ask in this area is how can I move my body in a way I enjoy? So this can look like if you love playing tennis, play tennis. You don't have to go to a gym necessarily to achieve success, even though that's typically what's defined a lot of times as success. You know, if you love going on a run, 
going on a run. And for many people, they may not have necessarily thought about the things that they enjoy with their body. But as we start to do these things where our body is moving and it's being active, we may start to have more enjoyment around them that at first we didn't realize we could have in these areas. So another aspect of this is finding the areas that you enjoy with moving your body, whether it's with sports, whether it's going for a walk. And a big area of asking these questions around success with our body is the aspect of how can we love and appreciate our body for what it is. Our body is incredible. Just on a purely physiological level, the amount of feedback loops, the amount of systems, hormones, everything that's going on in our body just to keep us alive is incredible. Having appreciation, even if it's for that alone, and being thankful for that is incredible. Moving on to the second area of our life, the financial area. And this is one that our culture has very clear definitions around success. We have, you know, people that are living these lavish lifestyles with fancy houses, cars, clothes. That's what we define success as. This is an area that's really important for us to ask these questions for ourselves. So what would freedom feel like in regards to my wealth? For a lot of people, what comes to mind is winning the lottery or having, you know, a million dollars. Interestingly enough, while that may be freedom for some people, and that may be what we would want to define as freedom, there's another aspect of freedom as well. So on the other end of that spectrum, you might have people where their definition of freedom might be, I love surfing, I don't need a lot of money to go surfing, and I just want to be able to have enough money to provide food, the basic necessities, and to live the life that I want to live. That is actually how some people might define freedom. On the other side, you might have freedom looking like, I want to have you know millions of dollars. I want to be a philanthropist. I want to contribute to the world and use my wealth to benefit others. That's their definition of freedom. So we need to consider where we fall on that spectrum and ask these questions for ourselves. Then the next question is, how can I be at peace with my wealth? For a lot of people that live in the Western world, we really are in some of the most privileged top 1% of all of history. The things we enjoy, the lifestyle we enjoy, whether it's the medical facilities, the stuff we have is unprecedented throughout all of history. But a lot of times we don't appreciate it because we don't have the negative reference point of not having indoor plumbing or not having food or water or some of these things that even other parts of the world don't get to enjoy. So asking that question, how can I be at peace with my wealth, is learning to be content and satisfied with what we have and being grateful with what we have. And then we can ask the question, how can I use my wealth to bring myself joy? And coming out of this season especially, we have the Christmas season, the consumer-centric idea that if I buy these things, it'll make us happy. And while they do, for a very short time, produce a dopamine response and we feel happy, a better question might be to ask, how can we use ourselves to bring others joy? And that actually, on a more long-term level, will bring us more consistent happiness by being generous with other people. This helps us define in the area of our finances and our wealth what success looks like for us. Moving on to the area of relationships, what does a successful relationship look like? And we can split this down into the different relationships that we typically have. So this might be the friends. It might be with our family. It could be with our spouse or with our boss, our coworkers. So what does freedom, again, feel like in my relationship with my spouse. 
asking ourselves this question, getting an idea of what it feels like. So then we can take that idea and be able to express our needs through communication to help us incrementally move towards what freedom looks like. Same thing with our friends, even with our boss. What does freedom look like in this relationship? How can I be able to express what I need and have two-way communication with our boss and what we value? With any of these aspects with the relationships, it's not just asking for ourselves; it's actually asking for the other person as well. So we can ask that question, what would freedom look like for our boss in relationship to me? And that's the aspect of us seeing it through a different perspective, a different lens, and then we can help that relationship on our end as well. Same thing with our spouse and our friends and our family. What would a peaceful relationship feel like? One of the most foundational aspects of relationship should be a safe place. Unfortunately, a lot of us haven't had that modeled in our life. We can intentionally ask that question and create that in our relationships with others. Create a mutual respect, a mutual understanding, a place that's safe to be heard and to be known. What makes up a relationship full of joy? How can we have something that's full of life? What makes up a relationship where I can be myself? I can feel valued. I can feel like I belong and I'm known. Those are excellent questions to start us on the road of defining the area of success in our relationships. Transitioning to the emotional side of things, we can ask that question, what does emotional success feel like? And this has a lot to do with our relationships too. This is emotional success both for ourselves and for other people. Now, typically when we think about our our emotions, we think about things that we either need to change or we need to repress or things that are not good. Once we start digging into our emotions, our emotions are basically warning signs or responses that are trying to tell us something. So when we ask the question, what would freedom feel like with my emotions? Instead of it being like we have perfect control over our emotions, it's actually going, how can we accept our emotions for what they are? And that allows us to have freedom with them. So it's not freedom from our emotions, but it's freedom with our emotions. If we keep our emotions in our cage, they actually return, keep us in a cage. Second question, how can we feel at peace with our emotions? Instead of trying to change them and warp them to something else, it's going, what are you trying to tell me right now? How can we accept this emotion in this moment? And then also asking ourselves, what things can we do to help us feel more joy or more love and compassion in our life? And this allows us to then develop habits that consistently support feeling more joy. Then we move on to the fifth area of our life, which is the mental area. And freedom in this area looks like freeing the boundaries of time around this area. What things that when we're learning them, do we actually lose track of time? These things are called flow states. You know, in athletics, a lot of high-performing athletes or musicians will achieve these flow states where they lose track of time and they're just fully in the moment. So we can ask ourselves what, when we're learning it, do we actually lose track of time? And we use that to define our mental freedom. On the other side, what brings us that sense of accomplishment and pride? What do we feel peace? What do we feel satisfaction and contentment and pride over our sense of accomplishment? And then with joy and love, what brings me joy? What gives me curiosity to learn? And how can we fill up more of our mental space with that? And these things tie very closely into the sixth area of our life, which is the purpose and fulfillment or the spiritual area of our life. How can we live a life of purpose? And so we can ask that question, what would freedom feel like in regard to pursuing my purpose or fulfillment or my career? What wouldn't feel like work? And then what would make me feel satisfied, content, at peace with my life? 
I love this question. What makes me come alive? What fills me with joy when I think about it or when I talk about it? Those can all allow us to define that purpose and that sense of fulfillment for us in that area. Maria Popova, who is a well-known author behind the website Brain Pickings, which essentially compiles articles about different thoughts, ideas, creations of philosophers and artists and thinkers, has this to say about success. It's only satisfying if it's defined by you and influenced most deeply by the people you love and trust. That's what we're looking for. When we ask that question, how can we engineer our success? How can we define it for ourselves and allow it to be influenced by the people that we love and trust? One of the most beautiful definitions of success I've ever come across is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And this is how he defines it. To laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. To sum it up, when we ask that question, what is success? We actually need to redefine it and ask ourselves what feels like a success. And when we use that analogy of the atom, success in life is the nucleus. Orbiting around that, you have those six different areas of our life. So you have the physical, financial, relational, emotional, mental, and the spiritual areas of our life. We can filter all of those things through those four values of freedom, of peace, of love and joy which allows us to develop questions that we can ask to define this for ourselves. So I'd encourage you to ask these questions. Start to begin to get an idea of what success looks like in these areas. So what would having a body that feels like a success be like, considering both the aspects of function and appearance? What would it feel like to be a success in your wealth and finances? How can you feel like a successful parent or spouse or friend or coworker? What learning, growth, and development helps you feel like a success? And then what makes you come alive? What fills you with joy to think or talk about in regards to your purpose and career? Tony Robbins talks about how all goal setting must be immediately followed by both the development of a plan and then massive and consistent action taken towards its fulfillment. So in the next episode, I'm going to lay out exactly how to develop a plan that takes these ideas about success and these questions we ask and allows us to take massive, consistent action towards the accomplishment of these goals. I hope to see you back for another episode of Thrive Culture Success Engineering with your host, Michael Bauman. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean a lot to me if you left a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people find the show. Until next time, thank you for listening.